for all the bears out there, you've got Krauser. You got this big, sweaty, hairy man. Sex. Come on. And this is why, ladies and gentlemen, Capcom went with Roger Craig Smith. Lowers oh, oh, <laughs> the tone. Lowers the tone. Sonny, good luck following that one. I'm Joe White, the voice of Chris Redfield. When I'm not surviving the horror of the Spencer Mansion, I'm listening to the Crimson Head Elder podcast. This is Katie O'Hagan, the voice of Mia Winters, and when I'm not babysitting temperamental bioweapons, I'm listening to the Crimson Head Elder podcast. My name is Richard Wall. Just think of me as a ghost from the past. This is Paula Rhodes, Evelyn in Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. This is Michelle Ruff, the voice of Jill Valentine. I'm Riva DePala, the voice of Rebecca Chambers. Hi, my name is Allison Court. My name is Sarah Coates, the voice of Marguerite Baker, and you are listening to Crimson Head Elder Podcast. Want to come to dinner? Hello, and welcome to another Crimson Head Elder Podcast. This evening, we have some of our usual suspects. We've got George Trevor. Good evening. Hi. Welcome. We've got Ever Studley, Sonny Bauer. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Is that a word, Studley? Yes, well, it is now. It is now. <laughs> we have the, the magical, impish Oracle Dragon. Hello, everyone. And special guests this evening. We are very proud and very happy to have with us the guys behind the First Aid Spray podcast. We've got Fire Button Steve and the mysterious Cyniac. War. It comes to us all. And when it comes calling, who are we to turn our backs in cowardice? No. We stand strong. We don't just hold the line, we cross it. So we don our favourite cosplay, and with our chosen game as our shield, we go into battle, and into Resident Evil Wars. My name is Syniac, and with me I have Steve, my co-host for the first Aid Spray podcast, co-judge for this very special episode of Crimson Head Elder, and when I die, the body that I'll be putting my brain into so that we can continue to dominate your social media feeds. The Rules of War. Each member of Crimson Head Elder has chosen their favourite Resident Evil game, at least their favourite game this week, to go into battle against the others for points in a range of cool categories to determine the one Resident Evil game to rule them all, at least until Resident Evil Wars Part 2. Categories include narrative, graphics, innovation, characters, BOWs, gameplay and control, sound design, atmosphere, replayability and value to the series timeline and canon. Each contestant will have 60 seconds to state their case. After each RE warrior has presented their case, the survival horror judges who inherited the right to be a judge from their cranky father figure will determine who presented the best fighting tour and award points from one to four for each game respectively. And after all categories have been furiously debated, we will see which game accrued the most points and crown the winner of the first Resident Evil War. I was picturing you with putting on like uh, blue face paint <laughs> and a kilt. <laughs> Who are you to turn our backs in cowardice? <laughs> <laughs> and now for the main event where our competitors are ready to fight in their corners for their respective Resident Evil games. So I'm going to introduce everyone and they can shout out the game that they're going to be representing. So let's start with George Trevor. Which game will you be fighting for this evening? Go Code Veronica X. And Studley Sunny Bauer, what's your game of choice? Resident Evil Remake, also known as Resident Evil Rebirth. And Joe, your game is? My game 
is going to be Resident Evil number four. And last but not least, Oracle Dragon, your game is? Resident Evil Survivor. Ooh, boy. That's a tough sell, isn't it? Oh, already the gloves are off. We <laughs> <laughs> haven't even started yet. Start the shit talk now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, would you like to introduce round number one? Round one. Narrative. First up off the docket, then, Mr. George Trevor. Code Veronica just crushes my fellow rivals in front of me. Emotionally draws you in so much more. The most interesting, unique, ambitious narrative of the series. Testament to how important Code Veronica is that we're seeing a lot of these similar themes coming up in the Resident Evil 8 trailer. You get to see the journey through Rockfall through the eyes of Claire Redfield. We then get Chris in the second part of the game, really progressing the series forward, that we get to see the narrative from, you know, the two siblings' point of view. The story itself is told through these incredible CGI sequences and in-game cutscenes that, according to Wikipedia, had a polygon (laughs) count of... Over two and a half thousand polygons, which uh, is not to be sniffed at. And it just gives the whole feeling a more ambitious tone to it across the seas and onto this psychopath's island. The gothic influence that we get from Alexia and Alfred, these two complete psychopathic twins, which stand for me, yeah, head and shoulders above the characterization of what I would say quite bland and generic superhero characters that we got before that. He thinks he's two people? Okay, that's it. Let's get out of here. Time's up. Okay, Joe, 60 seconds starts now. Everything pretty much pales in comparison. Resident Evil 4 dominates in terms of narrative simply because of the fact that it's not Resident Evil Code Veronica. (laughs) You're just sore because you don't voice Chris in that game. (laughs) (laughs) The Resident Evil series, I think, is really an homage to the heroic nature of humanity. The best things about who we are as a species, I think it's our courage and our willingness to dive deeply into dangerous situations to save others. Our empathy and our compassion that makes us special. So what could be more germane to that idea than saving the daughter of a beloved character like the United States president? And I say that with all irony. (laughs) Resident Evil 4 has a cohesive narrative that has all of the dynamic ups and downs that a good story should have. It really follows the uh, path of the uh, classic idea of the hero. Where's everyone going? Bingo? Don't worry, Joe. At least you'll get one point. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to Studley, Sonny Bauer. To me, it is still the best narrative in the entire series. We, we are at the starting point here. Of course, there is Resident Evil Zero, but we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> the narrative of this story is, is, is very compelling to me because there's an outbreak in a laboratory beneath, you know, essentially a haunted mansion that slowly starts to spill out. They send in an elite force and they send one team in, the Bravo team, and they disappear and you lose radio contact. So then you send in the alpha team and you have this investigation. You find out there's that there's a giant conspiracy attached to this location, illegal scientific experiments. And it's a mystery, it's an investigation and it's just very compelling. And who at the forefront at the end of this experience do you get, but the captain of the stars team being a traitor, leading the stars members to the forest, leading them to this mansion to be test subjects, combat tests against these bioweapons. It's just very interesting and powerful to see that the stars have finally met their match. Simple and just at the same time, just one of the best rounded stories. Don't be a hard dog to keep under the porch, Barry. Time's up. Well, I think you nailed it with uh, the term simple. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> Let's finish off with Resident Evil Survivor. The Oracle Dragon. The narrative of Resident Evil Survivor, if you please. Survivor is the darkest game in the entire series because of what happens in this game, basically. You are Ark Thompson who crashes a helicopter after some unfortunate events. You don't have no memory of who you are or why you're on this island. But as you progress, you start to uncover the darkness of this island you're on, Sheena Island. And you learn that it's been operated and owned by the Umbrella Corporation. With this game, you learn the dark secrets of the experimentations and testing they did on this island. That you will feel your whole body wrench in fear and agony. Because Ark has no idea what happened here till he starts to find these pieces of the puzzle. And starts to gain back his memories as to why he's on this island. And he discovers that he's a private investigator sent here to uncover the darkness that has happened on this island. And what Umbrella has been doing to get this, children. Because of the experimentations that they've been doing for who knows how long, he encounters all sorts of monstrosities and unique characters along the way. But throughout all this, he has no idea what darkness awaits him. Vincent, it's me, your mother. I want you to stop performing those terrible crimes. Okay, I guess it's time that we need to Very to nice. choose our winners. I'm going to be that guy as as the judge with the uh, the longest hair on the panel, probably. <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tip my hat to the Oracle Dragon because that was succinct, direct, and I think oh. pretty much the entire narrative. I think that was uh, that, my personal winner on that one. I think uh, second place is definitely uh, the 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 vast law dump. The sheer amount of background information has to go to uh, Studley. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know what do you, what do you think, side? Does that sound reasonable? Yeah, um, that, no, I agree with that. And yeah, mm. all, all all that backstory going into remake, I would agree with you. I think four points to Oracle, three points to Sunny. It's this is the odd part, isn't it? Because on shit talking expertise, uh, Joe has some strengths. But however, I am still not sure what RE4's narrative is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and George, George was very polite and did still instill us with Resident Evil Co-Veronica's narrative and how it has two facets, two sides to the story. I agree. I would say though that Co-Veronica is going to get the nod for third place. Still, if, if I could give bonus points, which I can't, sorry, Joe, but the shit talk game is strong. <laughs> That might be a first place in shit-talking, but that's not the category. <laughs> so to recap the scores so far, Resident Evil Survivor has four points, uh, Resident Evil 1 Remake has three points, Code Veronica has two points, and Resident Evil 4 has one point. Round two, graphics. Oh, boy. Mr. George Trevor, take it away, starting now. It's only fair that we judge this in terms of the context of the time. I shouldn't really be saying that because I think Survivor should get trashed. I mean, my Huskies have produced better-looking dog turds. <laughs> no other game here tonight progressed the series in terms of the graphic presentation as Code Veronica did. All the reviewers said that it was by far the best graphics for any Dreamcast game. Completely ditched these old-fashioned-looking pre-rendered backdrops. For now, real-time 3D environments, you get a dynamic camera just to showcase this beautiful European Gothic horror design. Kids today want to see real-time 3D environments. They don't want to see these museum backdrops. If we've got judges that do their jobs properly tonight, <laughs> they will be judging in the context of a video game that took those static camera angles, progressed the series forward with these fresh new 3D environments, beautiful gothic locations, and this incredible dynamic camera that pans along, engages you as a player, cutscenes with these 2,500 polygon count. Resident Evil never looked better. He thinks he's two people okay that's it let's get out of here sorry to cut you off mr george trevor <laughs> however we're gonna have to move on to the voice of chris redfield talking about resident evil 4 and its graphics 
yeah, that's all fine and well. Uh, and George, you know, I respect you and I love you for saying those things, but um, it's all shit, really. <laughs> It really took them until Resident Evil 4 to fully embrace the graphic systems that were available of the day. And you see that in the, the amount of ports that Resident Evil 4 had. You know, it started off, of course, on the GameCube, which was a graphics powerhouse at the time. We may look back and poo-poo it now, but we do that from a seat of privilege of having modern graphics uh, capabilities that we have these days. It was ported to the PlayStation 2. A PC port was was developed uh, in 2007. Of course, I'm cheating off of the Wikipedia page right now, but that's not the point. The point <laughs> is the graphic qualities of Resident Evil 4 far surpassed anything that was available at the time, not to mention the shift of the camera and going with the over-the-shoulder uh, view, which really changed things up and brought a freshness that the company was looking for to the franchise. Where's everyone going? Bingo? I'm afraid we're going to have to cut you off there. Oh, I had so much more to say, too. Okay. Sonny, I think you're up with Resident Evil Remake graphics. Okay, well, I don't even have to go into the remaster uh, from 2014. I'm going to go with the GameCube version, because at the time in 2002, the GameCube, like Joe pointed out, was a powerhouse. It gave us the first experience with Resident Evil having photorealistic backgrounds. The character models were the best that they had ever looked. They certainly looked the best uh, out of Survivor and Co. Veronica. Arguable about Resident Evil 4, but the pre-rendered backgrounds are not matched. They are photorealistic. They were able to have static cameras, which gave the advantage for the creators to paint over them, to give them a lot more detail. And I feel like they surpass RE4. And Code Veronica and Survivor just aren't worth mentioning because the Dreamcast, even PS2 at the time, could not handle the environments in 3D. And Survivor on the PlayStation 1, you really just can't even go into that. It looks like something made out of paint. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, the Resident Evil remake definitely has the most powerful graphics. The FMVs, you get treated to arguably the best opening and ending FMVs that you have ever seen in the series. Don't be a hard dog to keep under the porch, Barry. Nice, nicely done. And finally, Oracle Survivor graphics. Good luck, I think. The graphics are considered a late 1990s and early 2000 eras of Resident Evil graphics. They are mostly the graphics like in Resident Evil 2 and 3, but they have been more detailed and a little bit more interactive. Sadly, there's no FMVs that have like better upscale models, so they just use the regular character models for these cutscenes because it's a side game, so they really didn't put too much effort into it. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> that might be the shortest argument so far. <laughs> Although Oracle hasn't used her 60 seconds at the end of the day, she, she recognises she's got absolutely no chance of winning whatsoever. For not wasting our time. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, well, well, I salute Oracle Dragon, but to counter that GT, I don't salute you for completely wasting our time <laughs> with your entry. <laughs> How are we feeling this? This is uh, going to be controversial. But I, I feel like Sony may have had an edge. Joe's Resident Evil 4 case was very accurate. As, um, remake coming or not, it's been put off for a very good reason. So th those are my top two. Um, which way around would you slice those two in terms of first and second place? In this case, I'm, I'm inclined to give it to Sony because they talked about the actual development of the graphics and how they utilized. This yeah. might sound a bit harsh. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, no, that makes sense. Uh, when it comes to our second half of the bracket with Survivor and Code Veronica, I think while George did talk very much about the uh, the way that the legacy graphics were still in use and a tentpole for the, the Dreamcast, their shit talking was also somewhat the strong, a bit stronger than round <laughs> one. Um, I'm tempted to bronze medal Code Veronica for it. 
I would agree with that. You can defend Survivor, but at the end of the day, you have to recognize its flaws. And, and yeah, Aaron, you were definitely right to do that. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, when you put it up against all these games, it, it's the loser. Yeah, because it's oh. like the oldest. And it's like, stop picking on me, you whippersnappers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it's like. <laughs> Just to, to hash it out then, Sai, are we thinking two points to Code Veronica, three points for RE4, four points for Remake, and then one for Survivor? Indeed, that's what I've got here. So the scores after round two are going to be tied for last place. Code Veronica and Resident Evil 4, they're both at four points. Survivor is shockingly at second place on five points, and Resident Evil 1 Remake leading the pack with seven points. Remake's going to win all the way. It's only as good as my explanations, which could be faulty, so let's see what happens. The next round belongs to me. There's absolutely nothing anyone can say that can beat RE4 for innovation. So are we all ready for round three, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. Round three, innovation. All right, George, you're up first. Innovation of Code Veronica. Go. Right. Code Veronica Innovation. So we spoke about the incredible narrative, which I think you guys criminally overlooked uh, in earlier rounds. And part of the narrative of Code Veronica, you know, isn't told in this quite straightforward way that we got previously, but through a lullaby, which is a, is a style of narrative used to bring out a European operatic undertone, according to Wikipedia, as opposed to these, <laughs> these, these, you know, these very tired, generic jump scares that are prevalent in America horror films that, that we got previously. No, Code Veronica does away with all of that, like I say, and we're presented with, you know, some quite unique gameplay mechanics that we hadn't enjoyed previously. Um, the detail to the zombie enemies, you know, unprecedented in the series, such as making their jaws move and eyes twitch and their hats flying off. Everything about Code Veronica, its story, the setting... The artistic design that I talked about before, the, the, the you know, the, 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 this gothic theme. He thinks he's two people? Okay, that's it. Let's get out of here. Okay, that's a minute, I'm afraid. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think saying according to Wikipedia really helped. Yeah, because hats flying off is so terrifying. <laughs> hey, hey, if I was there in that room with you now, field, I, your, your hat would fly off, mate. <laughs> I think, wait, 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 sorry, did I just threaten the voice actor for my... Yeah, yeah, and he's up next, so... I know uh, this is Resident Evil Wars, but I may just want to retract that. Is that how they threaten people in Britain? Oh, okay. Listen, listen, (laughs) Joe's going to be going over there. He's going to take off his glove and smack you across the face. I will challenge you to a duel, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, it's time to duel. Joe, you're up for innovation. This is such an easy win this round for me because um, we're talking about... Resident Evil 4, the the game that Game Informer, even the name of the website, Game Informer, these are the people who inform you about (laughs) games. Here's what they had to say about Resident Evil 4. They called it the most important third-person shooter ever. And they said this in 2019, okay? So this is after all of those other games. I put other in quotes because I say it with derision. (laughs) Uh, this is a game that redefined everything that changed that in terms of innovation brought a new experience to the world in video game experiences it redefined the third person shooter genre by introducing the offset camera angles that do not obscure action like the other inferior games Uh, (laughs) where's everyone going bingo that's a minute 
Okay. All right. I said enough. That's that's all you have to say. Really. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sonny Bauer, Resident Evil 1 remake. Go. It's hard to follow that. But uh, in terms of innovation, at, at the time in 2002, uh, the GameCube uh, really, really gave way to innovation with the graphics uh, for Resident Evil Remake. I mean, you would not see a more photorealistic game at the time. Uh, definitely the best uh, graphical game. Um, in terms of uh, comparison to the original game and the remake, uh, there was innovation in the animations, uh, such as for the uh, self-defense weapons, such as the characters' combat stances, uh, such as, uh, you know, just uh, like addition of particles and lighting and other other aspects yeah i'm losing myself here because four is just so innovative <laughs> um but yeah there's a lot of innovation there's innovation to the story additional story elements uh that we find out that that was always the plan but just changing up the story it's still being a solid remake like a very faithful remake um don't be a hard dog to keep under the porch barry sonny i'm gonna stop you there fantastic okay and innovation on resident evil survivor or dragon take it away Hello. Uh, Survivor is the first in the Resident Evil series to actually be first person. It gives us a chance to actually check out the environment and all the unique details of the environment. And you'll be able to get up close and personal with the BOWs and be able to see them. Plus, you can check out all sorts of things. Do you want to get up close and, and see those pixels? <laughs> it's the only game where you actually get to see the details of them. All you have to do is pause the screen and be like, hmm... The game takes inspiration from Resident Evil 3, in which you can make different paths, make different choices. And because of this, you can encounter different villains as a result of it. So yeah, quick and brief. I think that sums up the development period of Survivor. I have to say, at this point, I'm feeling very positive about my chances of winning. <laughs> I think we know where those four points are going, don't we? I think uh, it has to go to to, uh, remake, doesn't it? I'm kidding. No, it has to go to Sorry, Sorry, Sonny. Bastard. Yeah. I'm sorry. What was that? Sorry, what? It was called a fake out, Sonny. I'm afraid it is going to RE4. Of course. Although in terms of um, arguing, I actually, I like Survivor's case, like what it does. I agree. It does lots of different things that the games hadn't done before. Hmm. This is going to sound really cruel, but I feel like the bottom of the wrong, this particular case, I, I feel like is remake because it's a remake and um, a lot of things are kept. Finally, not, not to mention the seeing sense. Thank you, guys. <laughs> no, not, not to shit talk remake, but Sony's arguments, a few of them were focused more on the graphics and narrative more than they were the actual innovation. I feel like the graphics were innovative at the time. It was showing the power of the GameCube. You know, like I said, couldn't find something more photorealistic at the time. And paved the way for, you know, the graphics of the future games. Absolutely true. Yeah. I don't know if Remake did pave the way for the graphics of the future games. Stopped using the fixed camera. I think, uh, as George said, Veronica tried to sort of wiggle its way out of the box that Resident Evil had been in for a little while. Yes. Mm. You know, I think there are, there are two aspects here. I think Remake was extremely innovative for the time. But if you look at, at the effect that RE4 had across uh, the past two decades... Uh, I think that that reverberates much stronger than the innovations that were simply done for Remake. You've had your 60 seconds, Mr. White. I want, I want my points, damn it. So this is so surreal, being rude to Joe White. I'm, it's just <laughs> so sorry. Joe, I, just, I don't like this. I'm going to have a shower after this. <laughs> so, so, Steve, I think are we in agreement? It goes uh, for Survivor, Code Veronica, and Remake. Yeah. All right, well, in that case, he's got some really interesting numbers. 
We have a ridiculous three-way tie for first place. So the only game that isn't in that tie is Code Veronica at six points. But Resident Evil 4, the Resident Evil Remake, and Resident Evil Survivor are all tied with eight points. Wow. Yeah, baby. Round four. Characters, protagonists, and antagonists. Okay, George, and your minute starts now. Okay, right. I'm a bit worried because for my notes, I've literally just written Satoshi Nakai and that's it. <laughs> okay, so obviously, we, well, we should all know who that is because it's just as clear as night and day. Code Veronica has by far the most interesting, um, the most uh, eccentric, the most eclectic characters, not just across the games that this panel have chosen, but across the whole series. You know, just listening to you say the scores back just now, I'm not going to call fix or anything like that. But um, actually, I don't know. Actually, wait, having a go at the judges is probably not a good uh, strategy. Um, wait, um, uh, yeah. if, I just, anyone who loves Resident Evil Code Veronica listeners, check out the first Aid Spray podcast. It is. He thinks he's two people? Okay, that's it. Let's get out of here. Time's up. Oh, my word. I didn't even get onto, like, Alfred and how crazy. You didn't mention a single character. This is why I told you, like, if you know, if you just answer the question as well as you shit talk everyone else, <laughs> you're just talking something here. I mentioned oh, <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Joe, you're up next. And okay. your starts now. Sex. <laughs> Great character. That's what Resident Evil 4 brings to the game. Come on. We've got Leon S. Kennedy. Doesn't get any sexier. Okay, we've got uh, Luis, or I, I guess that's how you pronounce it, Luis. Come on, he brings that that whole Hispanic swagger and machismo uh, to the game. And then you've got a little blonde hottie, okay, <laughs> Ashley, voiced by none, none, none other than Carolyn Lawrence, the, the voice of Sandy Cheeks. And Sandy Cheeks in SpongeBob is, of course, the sexiest character <laughs> in SpongeBob. Okay? All right? Okay. Now, and then, for all the bears out there, you've got Krauser. <laughs> right? You got this big, sweaty, hairy man. Where's everyone going? Bingo? Time's up! Just bring the whole tone right down. The single <laughs> character in Resident Evil canon, Ada Wong, finishing out the game, getting the sample, and uh, stealing it. Hey, you, Come on. Your minute's up, White. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, I'm done. Sex. Come on. And this is why, ladies and gentlemen, Capcom went with Roger Craig Smith in the end. You know, just... <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, me. That's as low as the tone. Low as the tone. Dear, dear, dear. Sonny, uh, good luck following that one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it starts now. Well, uh, what else can I say about remake except it has a star-studded cast? Uh, a cast that would go on to be the main characters uh, throughout the rest of the series. You've got Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine, the two main heroes. You've got Barry Burton, who is uh, the, the best father in all of Resident Evil. Wholesome guy. Arguably his game, because he's got the greatest arc in the entire game, by being conflicted with betrayal and conspiracy and being used by Wesker. 
You've got Albert Wesker, the main antagonist, who uh, you know conducts everything throughout the series up until his untimely demise in Resident Evil Five. You've got the rookie Rebecca Chambers, who even though is not a an experienced combatant, she uh, does some key moments like setting off the self destruct, curing infected players, helping Richard Aiken tend to his wounds, uh, and you've got you've got Richard Aiken as well. And Enrico Marini, the two surviving members of Bravo team who uh, sadly do not make it out in the end. Don't be a hard dog to keep under the porch, Barry. Time's up, Sonny. <laughs> God, that's hard to do in a minute. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you can't even go into like, any of the character descriptions, man. Like, it's hard. Yeah. Okay, and last but not least, Oracle, your minute on Survivor starts now. Ark is a private detective hired by Leon to investigate Sheena Island. Vincent is the commander of the island, who is also a scientist, but he's also a sadist, murderer, and narcissist. Andy is a former scientist turned criminal, and he was hired by Umbrella to work on the island as a janitor and sewer maintenance. Lot and Lily are brother and sister on the island. Lot is taught to treat all the children in the facility as animals, as the entire island is told to treat these children as lower creatures, as he and the islanders themselves are considered better than other humans. Lily is a scared little child who wants her brother to protect her. Someone turned her off before she- That was impressive. <laughs> Explosive. <laughs> Oof. It took like 20 seconds if you want to go. <laughs> I, think, I think she's passed out. Oracle, okay? Went straight to the point on each character. <laughs> I think you get extra points for miles per hour. <laughs> Is it judgment time? Yes, indeed. Before you render your judgment, can I just say, Steve, you have a fantastic voice. Have you ever considered doing... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and Sai, you seem like just a beautiful person. Pass me the bucket, someone. <laughs> I know, but thank you anyway. I feel like uh, I'm being buttered up. Right. So, sorry, Joe won that right now. Um... I admire the tactic. What's the easiest way to get attention? Oh, yeah, just yell the word sex. It worked in The Simpsons and it still works today. <laughs> I, for one, think that the first Aid Spray podcast is better than that. I feel like, uh, in terms of content information it really is still a three-way tie because mm. both joe sonny and aaron gave us a breakdown but i kind of feel like for physical pain and endurance <laughs> and still getting the point across i feel like aaron wins my heart over a little because i heard that i heard the, the strain in their voice to get that information <laughs> out but then again there's also the, the pure heartfelt plea of, of sonny like dumping his passion for the stars Followed by, you know, screaming the word sex at the top of your lungs. There's something, something very strong about that. Just be aware of the cast of Code Veronica, because, you know, it's all about that as well. I may not have mentioned them, but I think it's because they're so, they, they, they go without saying. They're so ingrained in our psyche as fans. But, you know, Alfred, Alexia, um, Steve, that's it, Steve. If you edit this, if you edit this into the actual minute when you're speaking, I swear to God. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> no, George, you're you're right. The cast of Code Veronica is really good. It's just, yeah, it's just a shame that I can't base my argument off of what I already know. <laughs> For me, the the number one spot is is between Survivor and Remake. Mm, Sunny's definitely right in that Remake has such a strong cast that sets up the series. It's hard to deny. And even mentioning things like character arcs in there. I'm in agreement, I think. For me, it would be Remake, then Survivor, then Four, and then sadly... Sorry, George. <laughs> I cannot believe that you're... You, know, you spent the whole minute talking about the judges, though! <laughs> <laughs> At this moment, Code Veronica is fourth with seven points. In third place is Resident Evil 4 with ten points. 
In second place is Resident Evil Survivor with 11. And in first place is Resident Evil Remake with 12. So it's still very tight. And now, round five. B.O.W.'s, including secondary infectants. So, George, are you ready? Your minute starts now. Well, we've all heard of snakes on a plane, but oh my God, what Resident Evil game can beat this? I bring you tyrants on a plane. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ladies and gentlemen, what more do you want in a B.O.W. boss battle than to fight a tyrant and to fling him off the back of an aircraft carrier. Just magnificent. I defy any of my fellow panellists to come up with a, a boss battle in their crappy game that, that can come up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's legendary. And then right across, you know, I failed to mention the specific cast before. You've got the Albanoid, you've got the Jabberwock, you've got the Moth Parasite. I mean, the Bandersnatch gets a hard time, but I think, again, it's just extremely iconic. You've got that scene with Steve crashing through the window to uh, to kick his ass. Uh, oh, just magnificent. The giant black widow, the giant moth, the graveyard zombies. He thinks he's two people? Okay, that's it. Let's get out of here. That's a minute, zombies I'm afraid. Coming, Time's up. Zombies coming out of the grave, for Time's fuck's up. sake. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you definitely got some energy and charisma going on there, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> you really sucked me into that one, George. All right, Joe. Can you do better? Your minute starts now sex <laughs> what more sexy than a bow called el gigante <laughs> <laughs> come on all right so so sadler uh, as as a uh, as a as a uh, antagonist um was not that impressive because he's just you know he's this whiny little guy but uh, I want to talk about the humanity of RE4 and the fact that, you know, the B.O.W.'s, the uh, Los Ganados, which stands for the cattle, by the way, uh, in, in uh, Espanol. You know, we, we talk about horror and we talk about zombies, and we, but this gives us a human aspect. It grounds us uh, in humanity. Uh, the fact that Leon has to fight, uh, uh, you know, uh, these people who are obviously good-hearted where's everyone going bingo that's a minute uh, i'm afraid time's up sex is all i want to say <laughs> <laughs> okay sonny you're up next new minute starts now okay along with the star-studded cast of remake we also have a wide array of bow's we have of course the main bow's of the earlier uh you know section of the series zombies then we have further mutation through the vx strain of the virus that creates crimson heads exclusive to remake by the way uh which came from the crimson head prototype one which was the first zombie to become a crimson head also known as the crimson head elder we have small snakes called adders we have a bigger snake called the yawn we have sharks named the Neptune, we've got Plant 42, we've got Crows, we've got Hunters, Chimera in the Laboratory, we've got Bees, we've got Web Spinners, which are the small versions of Spiders, we've got the Black Tiger, which is the boss, big version of the Spiders, and we've got Lisa Trevor, who, most tragic story ever, infected with the progenitor virus, also paves way for the nemesis parasite to create the G-Virus, very, very uh, pivotal in the series, and then we round this out with the big boss of the game, the Tyrant, Type T. Don't be a hard dog to keep under the porch, Barry. Well done. Wow. Very close. That was well done. 
I could list POWs all day long, but we want to hear why they're good. We'll get to that one. Right. (laughs) And Oracle, you're up next. Got one minute on the clock starting now. We have zombies, serpers, slickers, hunters, evolved lickers, UT troopers, crows, large cut crows, giant moths, giant alligators, giant spiders, black tiger spider, ivy, poison ivy, tyrant, T-103, hypnos tyrant with two forms. The most unique character in this thing of the BOWs is the tyrant, hypnos, and that of UT troopers. UT troopers are also known as cleaners. They're genetically engineered that are expendable. They can be easily killed in one shot to two shots. What their purpose is is to clean infected areas and orders of the Umbrella Corporation. They are followed by their commander who gives them out orders. They're the first BOWs to actually follow orders to the letter. The Hypnos Tyrant is a unique tyrant named after the god of sleep who was engineered by different types of cells competing against each other. He is the most smallest tyrant, the slimmest, the stealthiest, and he doesn't give any crap about anybody. He will kill you if he wants to. He's very intelligent as well. He evolves into two other different forms, which he becomes more ravaging and like a sinister demon coming at you. The only way to kill him at this point is to use frickin' rockets from a helicopter. And even upon his death at the final end. Vincent, it's me, your mother. I want you to stop performing those terrible crimes. (laughs) It is so hard to do this in a minute. Oh my god. Tell me about it. (laughs) I'm bowing to both of you. (laughs) Yeah, you guys are great. This one's a tough call again. I kind of want to give points to George. Definitely. Uh, Makes a change. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to give points to George. (laughs) But the thing is, George comes out of the gate with a really, really strong argument, mostly just based around the description of the tyrant fight in the cargo plane, which for a Code Veronica fan is a pivotal moment, I would argue. Mm. And then Joe comes in with the sex gambit, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's... It worked so well on that one. <laughs> you know, you, 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 got, you don't know if you don't try, right? And then both Sonny and Oracle basically got just walk up to the plate and home run the mother. Uh, the uh, ball. <laughs> this is mean because I, I feel like George poured his heart out, but I still think he's only getting two points. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Though like, I know where you're coming from. This is theoretically really tough, but I will agree with something that George said. Is that you got to be careful not to just list what's in the game. You got to put some passion into it, which is obviously why we swung towards George in the first place. Yeah, on strengths of arguments alone, Sai, I think Mr. Trevor has finally got his first W. What do you say? I would agree with that. And then, <laughs> and, and then it's uh, it's the awkward part of deciding who's who's left. As Sunny just pointed out, we all know all these classic monsters from Remake One, but they weren't described to us at all. At least Oracle went into detail about what the troopers are and stuff like that. So yep. I'm leaning that way. I'm normally the chatty one and size the smart one. So that. <laughs> So that will be Mr. George Trevor in first, followed by the Oracle Dragon, followed by then Sonny Bauer, and in last place, unfortunately, the voice of Chris Redfield, Joe White. Which means the scores, once again, are a very interesting mix. Tied for second place, George and Joe, both on 11 points, and tied for first place is Sonny and Oracle with 14. This is the halfway point as well, so it's all still to play for. Oh yeah, never say die. Round six. Gameplay and controls. Okay, Mr. George Trevor, your minute starts now. I think more than any other game, guys, that we've got in front of us, Code Veronica just blew the doors off the cattle ranch. Uh, I know that may not be a phrase before, but it is now. Um, The pre-rendered backgrounds that Sonny Bauer's going to be banging on about in a minute just were so getting boring and old hat. 
And so now we get with Code Veronica, these are replaced with real-time 3D environments. That's what we're talking about with the gameplay controls, guys. Kicking away with the old and bursting through with the new real-time 3D environments. This offered a dynamic dynamic camera for the very first time in Resident Evil. Um, this boring nonsense. Let's go with a dynamic camera. It just completely enhances all the gameplay and really, uh, really infuses us with tension and atmosphere that we just weren't getting before, uh, you know, when the camera was completely static. So the camera will follow the player, it will pan it as you progress through the environments. He thinks he's two people? Okay, that's it. Let's get out of here. Time's up. That's a and, minute. Yeah, it's just wonderful game. <laughs> Can you just shut the hell up? <laughs> he, makes a good, uh, he makes a good argument there. But, you know, still kind of a shit argument, but a good argument. <laughs> Your minute starts now, Joe. Okay, uh, just over the shoulder, all right? RE4 takes us out of that old, boring stuff for the first time and puts us in an over-the-shoulder view when aiming a weapon, uh, or a first-person view when aiming with the sniper rifle, okay? So, so that right there really changed up the way we play our games and added... Uh, those extra dimensions. Okay, so now also, this is the big ad here, the, the, the context-sensitive controls, all right? So in other words, as the environment changes, the controls uh, modify and change as well, so you can do different things with the same buttons uh, in different circumstances. I think that really changes it up and brings a lot more to the table in terms of experience and uh, uh, just uh, adding spice to the game. Okay, and, and not to mention also, it, this is huge, the, the timed events, okay? Where, you know, like when the bold... Where's everyone going? Bingo? That's a minute. Uh, just that alone, I think, is enough to elevate Resident Evil 4 above the rest of the uh, curve. Yeah, I know you're getting on a bit, but did you hear your time's up? <laughs> Sorry? What did you say? <laughs> I don't have my hearing aid in, George. Pardon? Mother F... No. What? <laughs> it's a good argument. Sonny, it's your turn to follow it up. Your minute starts now. Okay, well, uh, Resident Evil Remake uh, took uh, all of the features from the original games and uh, amped it up to its, to the best, uh, the best degree. It is the best version of the tank controls that you could possibly get in the series. Um, it has the, t the tightest cornering of, uh, of any of the, the games, including Resident Evil 4. You actually cannot turn corners more so than you could turn in Remake. Um, and with the new controls with the HD remaster, the analog controls, uh, you can actually move around a lot more freely. It is, it is akin to moving around in games like uh, Resident Evil 6, um, and it makes for quicker getaways and knife-only runs. And you could still do, if you want to stick with tank controls, you could still do the quick turnaround. And yeah, I don't have much more than that. That's all I've got. Time I'm to follow up RE4. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> Oracle Dragon, you're up next. Your minute starts now. Classic tank controls mixed with the arcade-style first-person shooter, a.k.a. light gun shooter. Battery management, ammo, and health of firearm are clipped on screen so you know what you have and how much ammo you have. Also, items are picked up because they are sparkling, so you pick them up. There is no inventory system, um, item box inventory system, but there is one in your inventory where basically it's laid out like an inventory box or item box. You carry everything with you as you progress, so it makes it easier for you to swap out weapons and use items and herbs. Player, if you see the environment through a first-person perspective, moving through the environment with a controller, it's highly suggest you use controller, not the gun system. 
If a player wishes to attack or destroy an object, they press a button on the screen, which brings up a crosshair on your screen, in which you can move your cursor around and shoot targets wherever you want. But the problem is you stay in place. So you have to be tactical in how you're going to move to avoid being hit by enemies. Uh, I had more notes, but I had to cross them out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where's the sex? <laughs> Stop, Joe. Vincent, it's me, your mother. I want you to stop performing those terrible crimes. Okay, that's time's up. So, sorry, what were we thinking? I mean, there is an easy victory here, I think. I think it's uh, Oracle, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's an easy second place, I think. I think Joe hit everything that's important about RE4, really. I know, but not to be that guy. Uh, well, I am, because I'm the judge. But <laughs> the, the round is gameplay and controls. I know it's a, a moderately wide umbrella. <laughs> umbrella. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people talk mostly about controls, not so much just the gameplay. And I think Oracle hit both of those. I would say one thing that Joe mentioned that other people didn't was specific sort of game design parts like context controls, which, yes, is an aspect of the controls, but it's talking about certain sections and stuff like that where it, where it switches up. And just at the end there, getting in the, the quick time events and stuff like that. So those are different parts of the actual gameplay and not just controls, at least. George went into actually describing why these mechanics were elevated at the time. You know, I mean, it was mostly about the camera, but not so much on the gameplay front, him or Sonny. Am I right in thinking that my fellow judge is thinking RE4 followed by Survivor and then Kovronica in the remake? Um, <laughs> Strange this to is say, a, but yes. Personally, if it was just me, the points would be going to Oracle. But this has to be a, a dynamic thing, and so we're not talking for three hours. Uh, <laughs> and to be fair, Joe did mention things that you know truly are new to RE4 at the time. So yes, I will go with that. Wow, okay, so this is quite interesting. So in third place, Code Veronica with 13 points. Tied for second, Resident Evil 4 and the Resident Evil Remake with 15. And now in first place, Resident Evil Survivor with 17 points. That really destroyed me. <laughs> I think your argument was destroyed, Sonny, when you just came out and said the word tank controls. <laughs> I said the analog controls too with the remaster, though. You did your best, son. Round seven. Sound design, including original soundtracks. Okay, this is going to be a great round. I'm very much looking forward. George, you're up first. Take it away. Your minute starts now. Now I've been looking forward to this round because we all know Code Veronica completely destroys the competition when it comes to the official soundtrack and the sound design. You've got a team that comprised of composers Takashi Miura, Hiriji Anzi, and Sanai Kasara. Those names just roll off the tongue, don't they? That team took the ambience and the action and the emotion to just another level, which has never been matched. Um, it brings alive Code Veronica's dis disturbing environment and facilities, I think, really, really well. Um, the signature tracks used to set the, the scene and atmosphere in each location, I think, are some of the most eerie and disturbing the series have ever had. I mean, you've got the Palace of the Insane, Induction, and everyone's favourite, the Suspended Doll. Um, haunting and creeping piano builds slowly. Um, you've got elements of the RPD tracks, but then just on a much more emotional level. You just look at the save room music for that argument. And the action scene. He thinks he's two people? Okay, that's it. Let's get out of here. <laughs> most thrilling in the series. <laughs> oh, that might have been your most articulate argument so far, I think, George. Well, that's because they said when I made notes on. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, you're up next. Sound design for Resident Evil 4. Your minute okay. starts now. Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Resident Evil 4 is a feast for the ears. 
And I want to call out some people uh, real quickly. Uh, people like Dutch Hill, Mark Armandy, Alan Rankin. These are uh, the people at Sound Deluxe who did the sound design for the game. And Sound Deluxe, uh, the sound design company, was where uh, my wife was working as the office manager. And that's how I got the part of Chris Redfield. I was visiting my wife one day and the casting person was there and they said, hey, why don't you go in and try to match this this guy's voice? And they, they said, can you voice match this? And I said, well, I'll give it a shot. And they said, uh, yeah, that sounds really good. Do you want this part? And I said, sure, what is it? It's this game called Resident Evil. It's a good part in the game. I can't say enough about these people and the, and the projects that they've worked on. So. What I suggest you do is go experience the sound of Resident Evil. Or don't even look at the, the, the visuals. Just put headphones on and listen to the game. The quality of it sells itself. Where's everyone going? Bingo? Nice. Okay, Sonny, you're up next, and your minute starts now. The sound of Resident Evil Remake is, is the best sound design in the entire series, period. I mean, once you enter the mansion, you could hear the echo of the voices of the characters as they speak. You could hear the echo of their footsteps, just filling the entire main hall with the full sound. You could hear the distant sound of the lightning strikes outside. You could, you could hear the difference between when they step on carpet versus hard floor. You could hear the uh, staggering zombies throughout the hallways of the mansion. You could hear the little flickering of candles. The eerily screech of Lisa Trevor is just like a just sends a chill up your spine, and the soundtrack that was composed by Shusaku uh, Uchiyama, it, it just takes the original soundtrack and just remasters it into some of the most haunting tracks in the entire series, but also some of the most delicate, like the Save Room theme, and the one that takes you, it always takes me personally to another place, is the one in the hallway to the Neptune tank. One of the most atmospheric uh, pieces of music. Don't be a hard dog to keep under the porch, Barry. Nicely done. Fantastic. Well done. I'm giving myself last place. <laughs> Finally something me and you agree on tonight, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, my testicles. I think I just got crotch kicked. Okay, Oracle Dragon, you're up next and your minute starts now. They reused the sound effects from previous installments as well as used new sound effects for the game. The music score is not that hard to forget, and once you listen to it, because you can remember where exactly the sound score will start up in each location. And it's all original music score just for this game, and when you first meet the UT Troopers for the first time, you will never forget the noises that they make, especially when they attack and when they die. When you meet Hypnos for the first time, you realize his, his sound doesn't have much until he starts to mutate that you can really hear how much they put rage into his voice and the sounds he makes when he wants to kill you. The end. <laughs> no mention of Casio's being kicked down the stairs um, <laughs> or clowns you know uh, oh. having a party or, or farting or something <laughs> can't wait for that argument you know director's cut clowns farting in a basement oh <laughs> this one is kind of hard as well this is where I'm feeling sorry this is where I'm feeling okay okay uh, Maybe I'm just like enamored with George Trevor right now, but I feel like George really hit his case on this one. We got composers, we got tracks, we got examples of sound. And then we got second place, not far behind, is everyone's favorite stars recruit, Sonny Bauer. Basically, similar details and where it is used and what kind of sound effects are used. Yeah. And then Aaron and then Joe. Yeah, I think that's fair. I already know that George is a big lover of the music. That's about right. Oracle did finish early on their survivor. <laughs> and, mm. Yeah, it was a really hard round. The scores, this is just blowing my mind. George in first place for that round. Second place will be Sonny. Sonny. 
Oracle is third, and then Joe. All right, so the scores right now, rather fantastically, we have in last place with 16 points, Resident Evil 4. In third place with 17 points, Code Veronica. In second place with 18, Resident Evil Remake. And in first place with 19 points, Survivor. So everyone is one point apart. This is not like when we got robbed on the Resident Evil podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No one survives non-canon corner. No one survives non-canon corner. This next round's going to be... I'm I'm feeling this one's going to be a good one. Oh, God. To get it all all in one minute, it's... it's Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Round eight. Atmosphere. Okay, well, this one's going to be great. Good luck with this one, everyone. George, your minute starts now. Listen, I defy you judges. If you put Code Veronica first for sound design, then just by virtue of that, it has to be first for atmosphere because what does the sound do if not create the atmosphere? Code Veronica's atmosphere um, and just its whole presentation at the time received such high praise I don't think people actually realise just how significant Code Veronica was. Oh shit, I've a uh, little uh, <laughs> for Jim Class Games. Edge called it the closest the series has got to emulating a Hollywood action feature. Uh, the oh my god, the journey to Alexia's private residence with when the lightning comes down. Is there a more atmospheric, you know, mini cutscene across the whole series? And it's haunting, it's terrifying. Code Veronica, ladies and gentlemen, the game that's beta build was so atmospheric and sinister that it actually had to be toned down. You still get kind of elements in that in the guillotine, in the, you know. He thinks he's two people? Okay, that's it. Let's get out of here. Minutes up. Well done. It was good. All right, Joe, are you ready? Yes. You got a tough act to follow. Your minute starts now. I actually didn't like the atmosphere in Resident Evil 4. <laughs> <laughs> It's my, my one big complaint with the game, and I, I, I hope we're going to cut this out, George. My one big complaint with Resident Evil 4 was that the atmosphere was so monotonal. It takes me out of the game every time I try to replay it. Can I restart? You're, you're, you're coming in fourth place, Joe. <laughs> I, know. I, know. I need to say something about it. The graphics in Resident Evil 4 were so such a leap forward in quality. It was universally reviewed to have been called a nearly perfect video game and certainly one of the best video games that had ever come out in in the world up to that point up to and including the improvement of voiceovers in the game they really upped the game with the quality of the acting and the dialogue in the game although some of the dialogue especially that of of characters like uh what's his name the, the little guy <laughs> up to that point they really uh, were able to- where's everyone going bingo that's a minute and that's my uh, argument <laughs> <laughs> I think I implied a lot more than I actually said. Um, yeah. Certainly, if you could have seen my facial expressions, you really would have understood. <laughs> the implication was strong, don't worry. Yes, exactly. That's I implied much more than I was able to verbalize. I went off to get my tea. Did I miss something? <laughs> nothing happened. It's George, fine. nothing happened. Well, oh my God, what luck. happened? I only just went in to get to my cup of tea. George, you fucking don't worry about it. it. <laughs> Is everything all right, George? I started it like this, George. Sex. <laughs> Honestly, I, I preferred the uh, the candid there. That was <laughs> surprisingly interesting. It's not going to win me any points. This is true. <laughs> Sonny, you're up next, and your minute starts now. 
uh, quite simply, there's just no better. There's no game in the series that uh, captures atmosphere better than Resident Evil Remake. I mean, it was really um, a turning point that combined a lot of photorealism, the use of of particles and and fog, and uh, you you go into this lively mansion that something that that seems so colorful and so and so full of like you know a uh, uh, wonder and and just design and fanciness, and it's so filled with death and traps and puzzles. Like, like, who is this guy with these torture devices, uh, the owner of the mansion? And combined with the, the haunting music, I mean, just going through the hallways, uh, you know, just walking around a corner and a, and a zombie attacks you and just like the, the music stings just get you. All of that combined is just like, it just captures everything with the atmosphere. And then you go into like the mining tunnels and you hear the dripping of the water and just the dimly lit, like, you know, uh, lights and it's just all dark and dank. Then you get the warm light and you feel calm. Don't be a hard dog to keep under the porch, Barry. <laughs> it's so fucking hard to do this. <laughs> uh, I know we're not meant to say nice things about our competitors, but um, I, did like, I did like Sonny's description of the Spencer Mansion. Death and traps. You know, I kind of feel like, can you get the Robot Wars cease? Um... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Oracle Dragon, you're up next and your 60 seconds start now. There is a constant feeling of dread with each location, no matter which path you choose. The pace of the game is slow, giving you a chance to enjoy the sounds and the environment while listening to everything around you. You feel isolated on the island because everything around you is either dead or turned into monsters. The moment you realize you found another human being that's still alive, you feel calmness until you start hearing movements. Either a zombie around the corner, the tapping claws of a dog or even a liquor, or the thundering steps of a Mr. X coming towards you from somewhere around the corner. The end. Wow, 30 seconds, well done. I don't think it's so much Oracle saying less than us that much. It's more that you're saying it so quickly. The right... Yeah, you're <laughs> giving yourself an opportunity to... Uh, yeah. Breathe. <laughs> to paraphrase the great 80s classic Predator, I don't think Oracle Dragon has time to breathe. <laughs> there you go. Why breathe when you've got a cracker of an argument? Out of all of the ones to, to adjudicate over, I don't know which one is the strongest. Bless Joe. I, I I feel like Joe may have came in a little bit less swinging than, than George, <laughs> Oracle, and Sonny did. We can't do a three-way tie for points, but I, I'm struggling here. Honesty is always the way to go, unless, of course, you're going to hurt someone's feelings. And, you know, frankly, I value our friendship a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so Ari Ford nailed it, and uh, everyone else was trapped. <laughs> um, I need your address uh, to send the check. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably a good call. Rigging the round. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, you know the, oh everyone, my God. All, all the listeners could turn around and go, oh, I got, I got a minute. I got a minute. But I'm the one with the notepad, so they can't do yeah. anything about it. It's, uh, <laughs> what, it's, power? Is... what power? I'm the one with the notepad. <laughs> so... Since we have the almighty power, I'm going to put my foot down. And this is what we're going to go. This is what we're going to go with. Resident Evil Four is going to get one point. Resident Evil Remake is going to get two. Survivor is going to get three, and Code Veronica is going to get the nod with four points. Which means our scores on the doors at this point: Resident Evil Four has 17 points. Resident Evil One Remake has 20 points. Code Veronica has 21, and Survivor still very slightly in the lead with 22. I'm visualizing you in front of a massive chalkboard with Einsteinian <laughs> formula. <laughs> That's a better image than me just crouched over this notepad with my tongue sticking out while I try and doodle the... Are we all ready? The penultimate round. Round nine. Replayability. This is where I dominate. 
You love to see it. So, George, you're up first. Your minute is on the clock, starting now. Wow, what can I say about the replayability of Code Veronica X? And uh, yeah, not much. It appears from my notes. Um, <laughs> as, as we all know, that once you beat the game, uh, you play the wonderful battle mode. I mean, my word. Um, as someone who's never played it, I can confidently say it's the best bonus game uh, that any of the Resident Evil games have. Uh, as we all know, it gives the player infinite ammo and places them in random locations with different enemies, according to Wikipedia. Um, and, yeah, uh, I, th- I think I'm sabotaging my own argument here. Um, um, well, I, I, I will confidently say that if judges, if you've played Battle Mode, it's a fantastic bonus game. It kicks, um, not that anyone's chosen Resident Evil Zero, but it kicks Leech Mode. <laughs> He thinks he's two people? Okay, that's it. Let's get out of here. Time's up. (laughs) (laughs) I imploded. I love a callback because if you ever do RE0, you could turn around and then say, actually. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Joe, you're up. 60 seconds starting now. In terms of replayability, Resident Evil 4, I think, um, kicks ass. And I'll tell you why. It's all of the extra uh, stuff that comes along with it. Um, all of the little mini games that are inside that are uh, very fun sub games in and of themselves. You can replay the game uh, very much with the intent of just getting to the to, to the points where those mini games uh, become uh, accessible. Uh, the mercenaries, and uh, you've also got assignment Ada. You know that the possibilities when you when you sit down at your game and you open up. Uh, Resident Evil 4, you are presented with a palette of games to play. Not just a single game like, you know, a remake. That thing is, that's it. You That's the game, and that's all there is, folks. Uh, but uh, Resident <laughs> Evil 4, a panoply, a cornucopia of things to do. Where's everyone going? Bingo? Time's up. That was beautiful. Alright, Studley Sunny Bower, you're up next. 60 seconds. Starting now. Okay, well, for Remake, um, the replayability, first of all, you've got bonus costumes. Uh, there's two costumes for uh, Chris and Jill. Uh, you get the classic key, which will be in the item box, which then you could go to the art gallery to unlock these costumes. There's even a bonus costume for Rebecca Chambers in Chris's scenario. Then you've also got one dangerous zombie mode, which is uh, Forrest Bayer strapped uh, to the teeth with grenades on his body, and if you shoot him once, you die. You have to beat this on the HD remasters uh, for Chris and Jill's games on normal or hard, while in the GameCube or Wii versions, you had to do it with once again mode. Then you have real survival mode, which uh, you had to complete uh, after once again, which is already after beating the game once. So that's two times. And this is actually something that was in the prototype, uh, where it means that the item boxes were not interconnected. So that was an original idea put into Remake. Then you have invisible enemy mode, which is from completing the game on normal or hard difficulty. Uh, real survival. Don't be a hard dog to keep under the porch, Barry. Time's up. Replayability. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. Oracle Dragon, last not least, survivor's replayability. You've got 60 seconds starting now. Well, considering it's not like the other games that have mini games and stuff for unlockable clothing, it is a replayable game because there are many multiple paths you can choose from with different variations of encounters, such as BOWs or even characters. 
such encounter like with Andy, if you get him an encounter with him, and if you choose a different path, he will turn against you and try to kill you. So each path is different. So the story can expand in so many different directions, but it all stays in one true path. That you find out what's going on on this island and what happened to the people that they, that were taken there, such as little children and stuff. So yeah, I think it's replayable and it's fun and enjoyable because you expand the story with each new path you take. Very Andy. nice. Well stated. Very well argued, everyone. Respectable performances all around. Even the tactical nuke that is turning around and saying <laughs> Wikipedia in their <laughs> argument. Um, that's some strong, uh, strong plays from George Trevor. <laughs> and then Sonny and Aaron are like, you know, they're not far behind. Mm. <laughs> I am genuinely perplexed. I, I kind of want to, my brain is saying Sonny, but my heart is saying Aaron. <laughs> so I'm kind of, George did come in with Wikipedia, you know, uh, no. <laughs> um, it depends what you're looking you don't for. don't need a mini game to look up the story. Yeah. Mm. There is that, right? The replayability is part of the story, as Aaron said, whereas remakes replayability is sort of variations on, on a mode. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's gameplay, though, and you play games. So it doesn't necessarily mean story. It, you know, it depends on what your preference is. If we talk well, about I'm... playing games for story, RE4 is a very bad example. <laughs> So Joe's already in first place, but the fact that they also came out swinging with shit talk as well. Um, <laughs> no, no. Thinking about it, I think I'm going to go for Sonny. And I say this because while they did get cut off, they were beginning to outline real Survivor. I feel like that kind of sways me. So in this round's case, it would be for me, RE4, then Remake, then Survivor, then sadly Code Veronica. Okay, yeah, I can agree with that. So our final scores heading into the last round. It's all to play for. In last place right now, Resident Evil 4, 21 points. In third place, Resident Evil Code Veronica with 22 points. Second place, Resident Evil Remake with 23 points. And in first place, Resident Evil Survivor with 24. So once again, everyone is a point apart. This is going to decide the whole game. Oof. To come this far, can George bring it back? <laughs> uh, this is a good one, though. The ultimate round. Round 10. Value to canon and timeline. All right, best of luck, everyone, on your final arguments. George, your last 60 seconds starts now. Talking about the legacy that Code Veronica leaves, there can be no other winner. Critics of Code Veronica have talked about sales being weak uh, compared to previous titles, but you cannot take that into consideration in your scores because this was due to the struggling Dreamcast platform. If you actually compare sales of Code Veronica to other Dreamcast titles, they were right up there, making it one of the highest selling titles on that platform. It received critical acclaim at the time and was considered both among the best Resident Evil games and Dreamcast games of all time. It's also the true sequel to Resident Evil 2. As we know, it was released to critical acclaim. Uh, many critics at the time believed it to be the best entry in the Resident Evil series. It had a huge impact on this series going forward, and the, the story was adapted into other works, Survivor 2, and uh, there's an arcade of it. Darkside Chronicles, you know, released on the Wii. The story was adapted into a novel written by S.D. Perry. It's also a miniseries with the comics. He thinks he's two people? Okay, that's it. Let's get out of here. Okay, Joe, your last 60 seconds starts now. I'm just going to say one word, uh, and it's, it's not what you think it is. Uh, what I'm going to say <laughs> is personality. Leon S. Kennedy, Ashley Graham, Luis Sarah, 
and Osmond Sadler, Jack Krauser, Albert Wesker. These are the, the characters that keep us coming back time and time again to see. And, and Resident Evil 4 introduces us to so much of what becomes canon. We're looking at proto-canon here, uh, if I may coin a, a, a word, and I think I just did. <laughs> uh, this is the fountain of uh, that from which the river of uh, uh, character comes from, from Resident Evil, uh, the, the series, the legacy, the franchise. It is the fountainhead. Where's everyone going? Bingo? Time's up. Fantastic. Okay. Sonny, your last 60 seconds starts now. Remake is, uh, has the most value to the canon and the timeline, and, it's, and very simply, it's because it is interconnected to the history and to the future of the series. This is the introduction of, of all the heroes that we've come to know and love. It is the introduction of the main villain of the series uh, that, that continues uh, his rivalry with the main hero, Chris and Wesker. It is also connected to games like Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 because Lisa Trevor is uh, the reason for the creation of the, T uh, the G virus by using the Nemesis Parasite uh, put inside her. This one showed us the first uh, um, successful tyrant, which would lead to other uh, research on tyrants, uh, which would be in Survivor. Um, and uh, the creation of Chris Redfield led to the creation of Claire Redfield. Uh, because uh, Nobora Sujimura wrote the character to, to connect with the first game. So we wouldn't have a Claire Redfield in Code Veronica if it wasn't for characters in the first game. So, um, yeah, you've got the history of Umbrella and its founders and uh, all of... Don't be a hard dog to keep under the porch, Barry. Blah, 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 facts and... <laughs> That's value to the canon and timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you said is so spot on about the first game. You know, it really is. I said Fountainhead before for RE4, which is, you know, kind of uh, cockeyed. But uh, <laughs> and I'm not trying to sabotage myself by saying that you're right, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And finally, Oracle, your last 60 seconds starts now. Although many wouldn't consider Survivor as a non-canon, it is a canon game. It is mentioned in several different RE canon games as being the second Raccoon City, such as in Resident Evil Zero's opening trailer or opening video. Our Thompson was hired by Leon from Resident Evil 2 to investigate the island and the process of how the tyrants were created, and it reveals that his connection to other different series in this, of the RE series. The story is the most chilling, creepy, gruesome of the, all the Resident Evil entries. And to this day, for all we know, they were probably using the same methods to create Mr. X or all the other tyrants the same way Vincent did on this island and what he did to those poor children in order to create the monsters there. So who knows? Maybe we'll find out more in future installments. Okay, okay. that's the round. I like it. Oof. Tough. The judges right now are head in hands. Um, Value to canon and timeline. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I have a clear winner, I'm afraid. Am I right? May or may not wear a hat at all times, even when they sleep. <laughs> <laughs> may or may not have a bone to pick with RE0. Uh, I think we're thinking of the same person. Uh, saying that, Oracle's always got horns. Yeah, it's true, it's true. Yeah, I think yeah. Sonny... It's going to take those four points. And then it's Aaron. I agree. And then Joe. And then sadly, George. 
no slight to George because they talked about legacy. They talked mm-hmm. about out, outside of canon legacy for Code Veronica, which is quite respectable, but unfortunately, was not the topic of the <laughs> round. I always thought the legacy was part of the canon timeline uh, argument, but but you were just going into sales, <laughs> GT, and stuff like if, that. If this round was about the legacy of the, the actual game in the outside market space, I think George would actually won that round. If the topic was that, you've, you've nuked it and you've won, but sadly, sadly <laughs> it isn't. I can tell you something very, very interesting then about the final. George hasn't come last. You've come second, tied for second. Code Veronica and Resident Evil 4 both ended on 23 points. Rather interestingly, at first place with 27 points is also a tie. Resident Evil Remake and Resident Evil Survivor both tied for first place. Yeah, unprecedented. I mean, it'd be really unfair just to basically say Survivor's shit, so we'll give it to Remake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's oh. terrible. How about we just leave it to the fans to decide which ones they like best? Now you've listened to this podcast, check the tweet underneath it on the Crimson Head Twitter account, because it's going to be a poll, and you're going to pick the winner. You're going to break the tie, vote between those games that you think has come out on top. We will be tweeting out a link to where you can find this podcast and upload it. And of course, uh, under that tweet will be a poll for you to choose who you think is the winner of the podcast. Thank you so very much to our guest judges, Firebutton Steve and Siniac. Thank you. And of course, as well to my fellow panellists, we kind of roasted each other quite hard. Joe, right? Uh, don't be surprised if uh, I unfriend you on Facebook. Um, thank you so much, Joe White. Yes, you're very welcome. I was honored to be here. To Mr. Sonny Bauer. It's been a thrill. Of course, to the Oracle Dragon. Always a delight, everyone. And of course, to our first aid spray judges, to Siniac. Thank you. And to Firebutton Steve. Thank you. And last but not least, to the fabulous leader of the group, Mr. George Trevor. We're socialists. <laughs> Enterprise, we're all equal in the Crimson Head Mansion. <laughs> So you say. What are you still sore about us only having a minute each? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome back to the Resident Evil Crimson Head Elder podcast. Whoa, today. <laughs> so, how are your bonus points for, you know, embellishment and uh, creativity? Uh. (laughs) can you see that area behind me beneath the red tinted sky that is what's left of raccoon city our platoon is cut off no survivors left i'd rather starve to death in here one of those undead monsters! We're both gonna die. Wait, don't shoot! Down! I lost all my men because of her! All is lost. Cries of action.